Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. As we begin this morning, I do want to just... um offer a Merry Christmas once again to each and every one of you. I hope you had a wonderful day with family and friends yesterday as you gathered to not only um, open all those presents, probably eat way too much, but most importantly, worship the Christ child that came and brought salvation to us. What a great day that is that we know that there is a hope beyond tomorrow because of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope that you had wonderful days with your family. There are a couple announcements that I need to make as we begin today. Uh, Here in a couple of weeks, beginning on January 16th, we're going to be opening up some new rooms for our kids down in the um, kids programming. And as a result of that, that means we need lots of help. You're going to begin to see some videos coming out of Kara asking for people to help with our kids programming but if you would like to volunteer to help in the nursery or one of our other kids programming it is going to be initially during the 10:30 hour please see Kara today she would love to meet you she would love to write your name down and to begin to put you into service for our kids programming Kara right now is running our slides but um She'll be in the back at the end of the service so that you can um, get her and talk with her about that. Also, beginning on January 9th, we're going to be going back to communion the normal way. And so we're going to need some people to help with preparing and cleaning up our communion. Wow. (laughs) There we go. Yes. We have referred to it as the fake Jesus and the real Jesus. Um, You know, I know that's not the bad way, but we're going to go back to um, passing our communion trays. Um, Michelle Pipes is going to have a sign-up sheet in the kitchen next Sunday. If you would like to sign up to help prepare and clean up communion, um, you can do the sign-up sheet, or you can get in touch with Michelle Pipes, and she will put you on the rotation for that. So that is the end of the announcements. Two weeks ago, I was standing out in the atrium, and John Weitzel, one of our elders, came up to me, and he goes, I hear you're preaching in two weeks. And I said, yeah. He said, what are you going to preach about on that Sunday? And I said, well, John, you know, there is only one thing that I could preach about on that Sunday, and here it is, maybe. Here it is. Yes. Just about a week ago, actually at 11.11, last Sunday morning, my son Jacob and daughter-in-law Nicolette gave birth to my first grandbaby, Olivia Catherine Flood. Now, she was born on December 19th at 11.11. I've got to give the specifics. She was 7 pounds, 5 ounces, 
19 and a fourth inches long. Let me just say it this way. She was perfect in every way, shape, and form. Yes. All right. Proud grandparent moment is over. If you want to see more pictures, I will be available at the back of the sanctuary at the end of the service to share those with you. My wife is down there still being grandma, or as she likes to be called, Nana. Um, I hope that she comes home this afternoon. That's the plan, at least. We'll see if she actually shows up. You know, it is important to celebrate the birth of a baby. We celebrate the birth of a baby in so many different ways, but obviously yesterday we celebrated the birth of the greatest baby that was ever born, the baby that changed eternity for all of us. But oftentimes on this Sunday we begin to think about the new year and all of the resolutions that we're going to have. I never had heard that word resolution until I was in second grade, I was called out to the hallway. Now, when I was in second grade, getting called out into the hallway usually meant one thing. The principal was waiting for you with a paddle. I wondered, I hadn't done anything. Why was Mr. Pertiball going to paddle me? But instead, I was called out into the hallway, and I was asked this question, what is your New Year's resolution? I looked at the person, I said, huh? They said, what goals are you putting out for the new year? I guess that was a better way to say it to a second grader. And so I kind of made up some goals, I think. I don't really remember what those goals were, but I made them up and I shared them. Last year, about this time, I made some New Year's resolutions. I made three. The first one was this, to lose weight. Well, I didn't make that one. The second one was to spend more time with my extended family. After the past, the year before that, I wanted to spend more time with family. We got a little bit more time, but not nearly as much as what we would have wanted because of the situation that was going on. The third goal was a pretty big goal. I set a goal to read 50 books this year. I'm proud to say I'm on 51 right now. I finally achieved one goal. Oh, you don't need to clap for that. It was because I wasn't spending time on an exercise bike, and it was because I wasn't spending time with family. I was sitting in my recliner reading. You know, one out of three, I guess, isn't too bad. It's still a failing grade. But the truth is this. Setting goals is easy, isn't it? We could rattle off thousands of goals that we want to make in this coming 2022. The reality is, achieving the goals is what is really important. Not just setting them, but setting forth and achieving them. I wonder how many of you have set some goals for this coming year. I bet some of you have started to think about some of the goals, haven't you? I bet one of them is, after stuffing yourself way too much yesterday, some of you said, beginning in 2022, I'm going to start a diet. Right? Anybody set that goal? Okay, a couple of you are brave enough to raise your hand. Yes. And that'll last until about the second quarter of the Buckeyes game on 
on the 1st of January, right? When we realize we're still eating way too much. We all set goals, but so often we don't follow through. I love the Apostle Paul and his life. You know, we've talked about different people throughout the course of this Christmas season, and although the Apostle Paul isn't in the narrative of the lineage of Jesus, I think it's important to pause for just a second and look at his life. Think about the Apostle Paul throughout the course of his life. When he was Saul, back before he became a follower of Jesus Christ, he had an ultimate goal to follow the law as perfectly as he possibly could. His life was all about rules and regulations. It was all about making sure everything was done. All of the T's were dot, or crossed and the I's were dotted just perfectly. As he became a man, that goal of following the law drove him to be the chief persecutor of the early church. Everything about him was about persecuting and trying to silence the church because it was opposed in his mind to the way he believed church should be. You see, Jesus came to build relationships. Paul said it was all about doing things. It was all about law and following that law. In fact, when Jesus met Paul on that road to Damascus, we all know where Paul was on the way to. Paul was on his way to punish the church. His chief goal, his highest priority, was to wreak havoc on the people of Christ. Then Paul met Jesus face to face. And when Jesus transformed his life, Paul's mission, his resolution, his goal changed. His goal changed from that of being the silencer of the church to being the chief proclaimer of the cause of Christ. His goal was one of finding perfection in Christ. It was one of finding growth in a relationship with Christ. I love the book of Philippians and how Paul lays out so many different truths in the book of Philippians. But in chapter 3 of Philippians, Paul begins to talk about that idea of setting goals. Listen to what Paul says, beginning in verse 1. He says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put forth no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. Stop right there. Notice what he's saying. He's saying, if anybody thinks they have a better authority, just stop. It's me. Because I was from the right tribe, from the right um, background. 
I did everything exactly right. Circumcised on that eighth day, he did it perfectly. Now listen, in verse 6, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. All of those other things, they're gone for the cause of Christ. What is, my, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from the God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. How did Paul achieve all of these goals? He goes on to tell us here in verse 12 where he says, not that, I, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How is it that Paul obtained this goal? Well, you know the idea. You know the points of this sermon very well. The first thing is this. Paul left the past behind. He did not focus on the good of the past, and he didn't focus on the bad of the past. He just left the past behind. He knew that there were struggles back there, and he said, I'm not going to put my focus on that. Many of you know that I love racing. I love to watch racing. I love to go to races. One of the things that commentators often talk about in a with a race car driver is that he's driving by watching his rearview mirror. You know what he means by that? He's more concerned about keeping the person behind him, behind him, than he is of what's going on in front of him. I wonder how often we do the exact same thing. We drive with our eyes in the rearview mirror. We're always looking and thinking about what has happened in the past. And we become paralyzed by all of those things in, our, in the past. We become paralyzed thinking, well, God couldn't love me because. Well, that person, they're not going to build a relationship with me because. The early church had a lot of reasons to be suspect of the Apostle Paul. A lot of people in that day and age had to wonder, who is this guy that's coming that used to come out and try to kill us, try to destroy us, but now is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? It would have been very easy for Paul to focus only on his weaknesses and be focused 
on the things that he did to herds. Now understand, we must learn from our past. All of us have a past. Every one of us. And that past is a part of what has built us to be the people that we are today. But we can't dwell on our past. We have to learn from our past. My friends, I don't know what it is that it's in your past that is hindering you from growing in your relationship with Christ. I do know this. God knows it. And God just wants to look at you and say, I want to forgive you. I want to help you overcome what that is. Whatever our past has led us to, has led us through, whatever our past has dealt us, God has forgiven. And God wants us to forgive ourselves as well. The Apostle Paul taught us, don't focus on what's behind, but he told us to focus on the goal that's ahead. I love how Paul uses this word to press on towards the goal. That word is an action word, that it takes work from us. It's not just something about setting a goal of saying, we're going to grow in Christ. Now we have to do something to do that. It's interesting to me where Paul penned these words. If you know anything about Paul and his life, we've talked about how he was the chief persecutor of the church. Then he came to know Jesus. And then Paul, he went out on missionary journey after missionary journey, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. He would go into the synagogues, and he would begin to preach, and he would come up against brick walls, and so he would leave the synagogues, and he would go out where the people were, and he would preach to them. Missionary journey after missionary journey. He started church after church. Then he took the gospel to the Gentile people. He realized the church establishment they didn't want to hear about this relationship with the Messiah. They wanted to talk about rules and regulations. Paul said Jesus is all about relationship with his people. He found brick wall after brick wall with religious people, but he still focused on his goal to proclaim Jesus to the lost world. He took action. He worked hard. Now, I have to tell you, we have seen a lot of heartache and struggle these last two years. We have seen friends, we have seen relatives that have passed because of heartache. And I believe a lot of us question, what is the church going to look like in the years to come? I know one of the things that we have talked about as a church staff, that we have talked about as a leadership even here at Faith Christian is, are people going to come back? We have to reinvent how we do church. It's interesting. I never thought that I would be doing church preaching to a camera. For a year, that's all we did. We did church preaching to a camera. Now we do church, and we're grateful that people are back. And please hear me, thank you for coming back. Thank you for those that are still watching online. 
and we want you to know we love you. Keep watching online, but when you feel comfortable, we want you to come back. We want to embrace you. We want to welcome you. But I want to tell you, as hard as these last two years have been, as much it is, as it has hurt, there have been wonderful things that have happened in these last two years. I can't believe the number of people we have been able to build relationships with that we never would have if this heartache and heartbreak hadn't come. If we hadn't have made such an investment to press on, even when it was hard, even when we felt like there were walls that we were coming up against, we kept pressing on, and God opened doors. And I believe God still is opening doors for the church, not just Faith Christian Church, but the church universal, if we are just willing to keep pressing on. You know, just like each and every January, we kind of turn the page on the old year, and we turn the page to a new year. We start those resolutions once again. We kind of think we got a clean slate. We can start anew. Well, a new day has dawned. I want to remind you of this. The new day has dawned, but that Savior that we worship that Messiah who came in that manger some 2,000 years ago, he is still in control. He is still alive. He is still active. And he is still in the business of changing hearts and minds. When I was in college at Ozark Christian College, I served a neat little church about a mile off of the campus of Ozark, it was, it, was a, it was called First Community Church. It was just a, a group of people that came from all different backgrounds. We had people that had come from the Methodist background, the Catholic background, Presbyterian, um, Lutheran backgrounds. All different people came together, meshed together. Their only desire was to worship God. Years before I was there, they had a minister that still came to the church every so often. He had retired. They had moved away. But when they came back to, um, to Joplin, he always came to, New, or to First Community. He was a runner. He was one of those guys, you know, he was built like a runner. He wasn't that tall. He was real thin. He loved to do marathons. And one year, when he was the preacher at First Community Church in Joplin, Missouri, he qualified for the Boston Marathon. Now, if any of you are marathon runners, I'm not. I've talked to a few. So, you know, I, I, I know everything. You can get into the Boston Marathon one of two ways. You can donate, I think it's $10,000, and you can run in the Boston Marathon, or you have to qualify for the Boston Marathon. And qualifying for the Boston Marathon is much easier than, or much harder than donating $10,000 to run in the Boston Marathon. He qualified for the Boston Marathon. He told me the story one day. We were sitting down, and he was talking about the one time he got to run in the Boston Marathon. He said, I realized I had no chance to win. 
he said, I didn't even have any chance to come in close to my age category. I was just grateful that I was in the Boston Marathon. But then he said, as the starting gun went off, he said, I began to think, I don't care what place I come in, but I want to finish this race. You know, the reality is, that's what God asks of us. We all come in with different backgrounds, different hurts, different gifts, different abilities. God asks us to run the best race that we possibly can. And he says, focus on the goal to finish the race. I am convinced that if we this year, this coming year, set out a goal to just focus on the race that God has given us. We are going to build better families. We're going to build a healthier church. We're going to build healthier churches, universal. We're going to find less stress. We're going to find happier homes. And most importantly, we're going to help lead people to the perfection of heaven. So my challenge to you is simply this. As we all begin to turn the page on, on 2021, and we look forward to 2022, as you set those resolutions, make the resolution not just a goal, but put it into focus to press on, to live like God has asked you to live. When we face struggles and strife, to press on, to work hard, and to focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that you have brought hope and life through your son, Jesus Christ. We are grateful for all the blessings that you have given in that child but we're mostly grateful for the blessing of eternity that we find in him. Father, as we prepare to come into this time of communion and we turn our hearts from the baby to the Savior, we also turn our hearts and our minds to focus on how can we be more like him. Father, how can we focus on of Christ in making that the goal of our life. Father, use us in great ways for your kingdom. In Christ's name.